This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Have you snagged your copy of my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs yet? What are you waiting for? Go get them right now. Just go to markstucheski.com forward slash five tips. That's the number five T-I-P-S. Markstucheski.com forward slash five tips. Get the top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs right now at markstucheski.com forward slash five tips. Billy Samoa Salibi is an entrepreneur, podcast host, and award-winning filmmaker. He has led learning and development organizations for some of the most disruptive companies in the world, including Tesla, where he was head of global sales and product training. He is currently CEO and co-founder of Potify, a podcasting agency that provides production and promotion services to companies and individuals who want to create a podcast. In addition to being the host of the For the Love of a Podcast, which is all about podcasting, he's also the host of the podcast Inside Out, where he interviews world changers, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders to uncover powerful insights, reveal why they make an impact, and explain exactly how they can be applied. We're going to learn a lot of powerful insights with Billy on the show today. Welcome to the show, sir. Oh, I'm so excited to be here, Mark. Thanks for having me. And we are going to geek out and we're going to talk all about the wonderful world of podcasting. Yes, let's do it. I'm excited. Let's let's dive in. Do you know this past Monday was episode 1000 for me? That is insane. Incredible. Well, I mean, it's a, a testament to you that you've been able to go for as long as you've gone, because as you know, podcasting is a long-term proposition. If you get in with short-term mindset, you're likely going to pod fade, which just means <laughs> you're not going to have a thousand episodes. You'll be lucky to have 10 episodes. So congrats and kudos to you. I remember when I heard Gary Vaynerchuk in the spring of 2017 say everyone should have a podcast because the, the future is voice and audio. And of course, he turned out to be right. And I remember going to Google and typing, how do I start a podcast? And it took <laughs> me to a couple of YouTube uh, videos and I launched it on July 7th, 2017. And I never in the, my wildest dreams ever thought I would be hitting a thousand episodes. I'm not like, this is like a thousand three or something like that. It's crazy. But I tell you, I, some of the things I really love about podcasting is I've got them at meet really cool people like you that I probably never would have had the opportunity to meet. So yeah, 600 and almost 690 guests on the show. I just love this platform. It's amazing. And you, you highlighted to me the number one thing, which is the networking opportunities just by meeting interesting people who you can learn from, who you can, who knows, become business partners with, or they could be a client of yours, or you could be a client of theirs. I mean, it's really limitless. And I think that's a lot of times what people aren't maybe thinking about. They might be thinking about the, 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 I want to get celebrity status or I want to be the next Joe Rogan. But if you really boil things down, I mean, life is about connections. Mm -hmm. And so when we find good people to connect with and really get to know, that's what brings happiness. And to me, that is the biggest benefit of being a podcast host. Now you mentioned pod fade and, you know, let's talk about that for a few minutes because a lot of people in this day and age, in November, 2021, virtually anybody can start a podcast. Okay. You just go get a microphone from Amazon. You plug it into your MacBook and you get some place to host it. That's not the issue. The issue is maintaining it because if you 
when you start getting people listening to your show, they don't want to hear an episode on Monday and then two weeks on a Thursday and then three weeks on a Tuesday and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. They want good content. They want consistency. And that's how all these other podcasts grow, correct? A hundred percent. I think there's really three reasons why people pod fade. First is they don't find a sustainable interest. It doesn't need to be the thing they are most passionate about, but they need to have a sustainable long-term interest in a topic. The second thing is they pick the wrong topic. Generally, they pick the topic that is so general that they don't have any way to find their audience. So we've all heard niche down. Well, one of the things I heard recently, which I love is niche down, niche down again, niche down again, and then niche down until it hurts, until it actually feels uncomfortable. And I think that came from, uh, I can't remember if it was John Lee Dumas. It was one of the, one of those epic, uh, leaders in the podcast space, maybe Pat Flynn, but point being is keep niching down. And then the last reason people pod fade is they simply are not thinking long-term to begin with. Mm -hmm. They have very narrow-sighted, short-term thinking. And instead of thinking of it as a five or 10-year proposition, they want instant gratification. We live in an instant gratification world where everything we think has to come straight to us, and it doesn't in most cases. So you got to have long-term thinking. Now, one of the choices I made really early on in the podcasting game is I'm not going to have ads on my show. Absolutely Mm. not. Now, I say that, but there are mid-rolls, which give people to go to my website to buy my services. I don't want to have 99designs or Audible, great companies. That's my choice. And that's the thing when it's your podcast and you haven't like, I don't want to say use the word sellout, but when you have a contract like Joe Rogan does with Spotify, you know, he may have some nitty gritties in the contract that we're not privy of what he can promote and what he can't promote. But when you have a podcast, first of all, don't go out of the gate trying to monetize. You're not Joe Rogan. Okay. So build an audience first, because when you first start, everybody, everybody starts with zero subscribers, everybody, because the podcast hasn't existed. And when you launch it and you start promoting, you get one, two, 10, 50, 20, 100, whatever the case may be. But a lot of people, when I've heard from other thought leaders in this space, they say one of the biggest problems that people run into when they start a podcast is they want to monetize from the get-go. What are your thoughts on that? I think you're spot on. I think the first thing you think about is if you're not getting people walking up to you at the grocery store asking for your autograph, don't expect that your podcast will have instant listeners. You're just not. And it's going to take some time. Now, that being said, it does grow over time. It's like a book, right? It's very similar. If you're an author of a book, you have to go out there. You have to do interviews. You have to be known. You have to be known for something and you have to do the legwork to get your book out there. Very much the same with a podcast. And I think the thing to think about is there's really four different buckets when we think of monetization. Everybody thinks advertising first. But as you know, you know, in order to get real money from advertising, you need to have massive downloads. You're talking tens or hundreds of thousands, if not millions of downloads before any real money. The second big bucket is sponsorships, which if you want to sponsor, you better know who your audience is and very specific. So if you have a general audience and you can't pinpoint who they are, sponsors are not going to come to you. But if you have a very specific niche, then they will. Like I'm talking to vertical farmers. Instead of I'm talking to everybody in agriculture, right? Mm -hmm. And then the third bucket and the fourth bucket are you sell other people's products 
or you sell your own products. Mm -hmm. Those last ones are really the easiest to start because you could do it right away. And to your point, I was just listening to your show, you've integrated seamlessly a place for people to get more information from you and to buy some of your own products, which that's gonna have the highest profit margin. And if they're listening to your show, chances are they like you already and they have enough interest in you that they're gonna wanna go a little bit further and take some other kind of, of offering that you provide. And one of the reasons why I do the mid rolls and they're only like 14 to 15 seconds, because by time someone realizes they're listening to an ad, it's over. Now <laughs> I'm not Joe Rogan. I can't have like 25 minutes of commercials in the beginning of my show. He can get away with it. Tim Ferriss can get away with it. But I, I want my whole goal of my podcast is to always to serve the listener. So I require you to have a microphone. Now, I mean, a standalone microphone, not your AirPods, not your built-in microphones, because I can tell by going to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other uh, podcast players, and I can look at the statistics, and if there's a poor audio, it drops right off. If it's a good audio, people, so it's got to have a good topic, a good guest, and good audio, because what I don't think people realize, that unless you're in the podcasting space, is most people are not sitting in front of their computer with their nice headphones on and the room's all quiet. They may be out walking the dog. They may be on a plane. They may be out running, riding the bike, whatever the case may be. And so you, the audio is so important. They got to be able to hear everything. And I remember a couple of years ago, listening to a podcast, the, the, the host had a really good audio, but the, the guest was like, I don't know, on Mars and they were listening on a 3g cell phone. It sounded horrible. And I actually wrote, wrote to the person. I said, Hey, um, do you have, does anybody like process your post-process your episodes? Cause this sounds horrible. Cause I could hear him. I couldn't hear the guest. Now, I don't know if it's cause I said something, but then I noticed their audio started sounding better. But when you're a podcaster, if people can't hear you, they're not going to go through hoops to try to listen to your show. 100%. I mean, we all know that content is king and that matters more than anything, but you could have great content that if somebody's listening and getting distracted or to your point, listening in their car or some other device where it's not going to be as clean as listening on headphones, they will not stay listening. They're going to find something else where it's not going to be taking them away from the content. So yeah, you got to have great content, but then it's so easy to also have great sound. And, and I, I boil this down and I'll be super brief here, but there's really three levers. Everyone thinks it's the equipment. It is in part the equipment, but it's only one of the levers. You do, as you said, you need a, a external microphone and it doesn't even matter which one it is. I mean, you can get a great one, but any external microphone is better than what you mentioned, you know, headphones <laughs> or ear pods. But the second two levers are even more important, which is, as you know, the recording environment. Mm -hmm. If somebody records in a loud background type of room or a room with very like little furniture where it's bouncing around your your yep. your sound waves, you're going to echo. And so you got to pick a room that's small, low ceiling, maybe carpets, and maybe have stuff all around you. The more stuff around you, the more that's going to absorb the voice when you speak. And then the third, and honestly, probably the most important, is mic technique. Because I've seen it happen where people bring their microphone and it's way over here, like, hey. <laughs> if you can't see the microphone in the video, chances are it's too far away. So, and this is something that you've done a thousand of these and I've done a few hundred, but I mean, my point is that 
you got to know how to use the microphone. I use the four finger rule, which is have your microphone about four fingers from wherever that pickup area is within your specific microphone. Spot on. I will tell you, one of the cheapest ways to soundproof your room. Now, I, I'm recording this episode in a spare bedroom in my house. It's carpeted. But I learned really early on in the game is if you're in a hardwood floor room, which is the worst place you can record a podcast, other than, I guess, like out on the highway, <laughs> all you have to do is get some towels and hang some towels up with tacks on your walls. It looks kind of not professional, but it's doing its job. It actually absorbs the sound. So you don't have to go spend a lot of money to go to studio. If you're just getting started, just put some towels on your wall. You'll be, or put a rug down. You'll be amazed how these little things will absorb the echo and you'll get a better audio. Hey, you listening to the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Thank you so much for doing so. I really appreciate it. But are you a Mark Stuchowski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter and you can sign up right now by going to mrproductivity.com. M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. 100%. And to your point, it does not need to cost money. A pillow, a towel, a blanket, those are your best friends. Make a little cocoon all around you. There's a reason why the, my editor, this is a funny story, Mark. So my editor got one of our files. He goes, this is the best sound from a guest you've had ever. You know where he recorded it? He recorded it in his closet. Yep. <laughs> he recorded it in his closet. Yeah. So it just goes to show you, it, it, you know, it may not look, if you could put it outside of the camera, if you're recording with a the camera, then put it out of frames um, view. But point being is you can have great sound just by using things around your house to help absorb your sound coming from your mouth. Now, I'd like to talk to you about interviews because I've done nearly 700 interviews and I used to prepare for my interviews. I used to write out questions and then one day I forgot to do that. And so I just won it. And my, my guest says, this is one of the best interviews I ever did. I'm like, really? I didn't even try. <laughs> and then I learned something. Most people were on the show. Like I'm a productivity guy. I get asked, how are we more productive with social media, with email, blah, blah, blah. But when a host asks me questions that I don't get asked a lot, I go, Ooh, that's a great question. So I decided to experiment by not preparing. And my listeners said, man, this, these interviews sound so fresh because I'm not asking the same question. So I'm hopefully I'm successful here. So what are your thoughts? Now, I wouldn't recommend doing this when you first start after you've been doing it for a while and you, you um, acquire the skill of active listening. That's the key to be a good interviewer. You've got to listen to what the guest is saying. Cause Billy, I can't tell you how many times I was on a show and I said something I thought was really profound. And the host just goes, Next question. <laughs> I'm sorry. What now? So don't do it in the yeah. beginning, but what are your thoughts about just letting the, the conversation happen organically as opposed to preparing for veteran podcasters, not people who are new? Yeah. Well, I want to go back to what you said earlier, which is you're an advocate for your audience. Uh, and that right there is what should inform your approach. So if your audience likes your style of having a, a bit more off the cuff type of conversation, whereas a more organic dialogue that doesn't feel pre-formulated, then that works. To your point, when you're first getting started out, it's funny because when I first started out, I didn't prepare. Then I prepared a lot. Now I'm probably, I'm not at to your level right now where you're, you're saying, Hey, you're just going in and, and without much prep. I think it really depends on the audience and it depends on the guest. 
And so I'm an advocate for prep, but also I recognize that there's some very, very big and potential uh, issues that can arise when you're overprepared, when you're over, when you have too many, I want to ask this question. And, and then you, you, you force a conversation, a direction that it doesn't need to go. So I think you need to be really good at a few things. One, listen to your audience. Find out what they like, what they don't like. Ask them. If you can have a one-on-one conversation with somebody who listens to your show, and not just one conversation, but multiple conversations, that will serve you so well. So that's number one is learn from your audience. The second thing is learn from yourself. Listen back and with critical ears, evaluate what question could you have asked instead of the question that you asked or what question did you forget to ask? And then if you have people who you trust, get them to give feedback as well. So if you get feedback from your audience, then you get feedback from yourself. And then the last thing I think is really start to ask yourself the question, what will serve the audience the best? And if what will serve the audience the best is preparing less, then I think that's the direction you could go. If on the other hand, it's preparing more because maybe you're interviewing people that do get interviewed a hundred times or 200 times and everything's been covered. How do you find out little bits that maybe aren't as frequently talked about? Because to your point, the best interviews, they unearth new things. They're not boilerplate. They're not covering all the same things that all the other podcasts cover. Prep helps you get there as long as you do a good type of prep and look for those little areas that are a bit more esoteric and not as widely covered. I remember I had an interview Wow, I think about two years ago, and we're about 15 minutes in the interview, and the guest said something that I said, that's interesting. Tell me more about it. It turns out that he didn't tell me about this when he booked the interview, but he was really passionate about this topic, and he just happened to mention it off the cuff. Well, it turns out he never gets to talk about that ever. And so we spent the rest of the interview talking about that, and at the end, when we stopped recording, he goes, Thank you so much. I am so passionate about this. I never get a chance to talk about it because it's not my area of expertise. Everybody wants me on the show for this, but I like talking about this. And he said that you you made my day. And that's because I practice active listening. I heard him saying, wow, that that's something kind of interesting. And then I didn't have to say a lot for the rest of the show because he was so passionate about it. He just carried the show to the end. And, but if you're not actively listening, if you're just going down the questions, you're going to miss those opportunities. 100%. And I think to your point, as you actively listen, sometimes it's not asking a follow-up question. It's letting them expand more. Mm. And I really love that you said, hey, that's interesting. Tell me more about that. Like when you can get them to talk and get them to open up, especially about something they're passionate about, that's when the magic happens. But to your point, that only happens if you're not only thinking about what am I going to say next, <laughs> yep. which is what everybody's doing, right? Everybody's like, okay, what am I, what's the next question I'm going to ask? How am I going to ask a question about this? No, no. Embrace what's being said. Mm-hmm. It's okay to take a beat. It's okay to take a moment, digest what was said, and then say what you're going to say. Either ask them to expand or ask a follow-up or ask a new question. And I think the more you do it, the better you get. So you've done a 700 interviews. I can't even imagine how much you've grown as an interviewer from interview one to interview 700, right? I mean, you, you get better by doing. And so, yes, there are, there are formulas, there's approaches, there's all sorts of things you can learn, but there is no better teacher than doing. And so you just got to do it. And also, don't be afraid to make mistakes. You got to make mess, messy progress. You're going to say something or do something that isn't ideal, 
But that's okay. You learn from that and you make the adjustment next time. I didn't do interviews until episode 18 and I was chicken. So I went out and asked someone who's a friend of mine on LinkedIn and I said, would you be my guinea pig? Billy, I was so nervous because I'm like, okay, I had pretty much gotten comfortable with how podcasting works. Now I've added another element, a human being. Fortunately, they were really good and they were really nice to me, but I I was sweating buckets. I didn't do video (laughs) back then because, you know, this is a new element. And when you add a new element to the equation, it's like, how's this going to go? Now, I want to talk about guests for a minute because you have a podcasting agency. I use most of my guests come through podcasting agencies. You came through me because I reached out to you on LinkedIn. I love using agencies because they vet the guests. When I was going out to all these third-party sites that you've never heard of, they're not vetted, they come on the show, and it turns out they're not really good at podcasting, and they don't know how to have mic, good mic, uh, uh, mic technique. They say, ah, uh, um, you know, so a lot. And I remember one time I got a call from an agency, and they said, hey, can we send you guests? I'm like, Yeah, that would be great. And so now I have, I work about 15 or 16 agencies and they always send me great guests. So what that has freed me from doing as a podcaster is I don't have to spend time vetting the guests. They send me their one sheet. I go check out their social media, read their one sheet, go look at their website. And I make a decision within five minutes. They're good. Yes. Tell them book the interview. That works for me. What are your, what, and obviously you, you're kind of slanted on this because you have a podcasting agency. But do you think that's a good benefit of using an agency like yours? So my, my great question, first and foremost, and my, my business is less focused on the guest matching. We do that for some of our clients, but it's certainly not our core offering. And I actually think I could probably learn a lot from you and what you're doing. I think there are no shortages of ways in which a host can find a guest in which a potential guest can find great podcasts and hosts to, to go, get on shows. So I do think that's a great avenue. To me, it goes back to this idea of what will serve the specific audience the most, right? So for you, you have a show about productivity and bettering yourself. So you're going to find guests who are going to give super practical tips that people could actually apply, that people can want more of because they hear it and they go, ooh, I want to listen to more shows because I really like the way Mark interviewed this person and they unearthed so many great, valuable insights that I want to tune in more. And so you're going to look for people that do that. Now, if you had a different type of show, you have a show that's an entertainment type of show. Like I have a friend who does a true crime podcast. So she has to serve her audience as a true, true crime podcaster. The same holds true with identifying the right guest. I think you got to be selective to a point, but I, I think you have the right idea, which is don't overthink it because you're going to make, sometimes you're going to get people who are going to be the ahs and the ums and the you knows, and they're just going to be talking and not really providing anything of substance. And that happens. But if you bring enough people into your space, you're going to get some real gold and you're going to get people who are going to serve your audience in the way you want them to, to serve them. Uh, as far as agencies go and services go, I'm all for trying them and seeing which ones you like and which ones you don't. Some are much better. Some use AI. Some are a lot more bespoke and tailored to you, the, sp- the person, and going to find you the right audience. So if you're a guest wanting to be a, uh, on a show or if you're a host wanting people, they're going to pair up people with more intention. And so I think ultimately this all boils down to 
intentionality and being very clear on what is the ideal person on your show going to provide to your audience. Does your to-do list have you overwhelmed? When you join my digital productivity coaching program, you'll learn how to get and stay focused, become untangled from the chaos of your to-do list, experience less overwhelm, and have time to do what you really want to do. Sign up today by clicking the coaching tab at mrproductivity.com. I'm very clear uh, of who I want on my show. Very clear. I don't take anybody. In the beginning, I took anybody. So I... (laughs) When people ask me, describe your show, I said, well, it used to be about all productivity all the time. Now I tell people, think of me like a clean version of Joe Rogan, just without the $100 million Spotify contract and controlling downloads. I just want to have fascinating people talking about fascinating things to help the listener. But I will not have anybody on talking about social injustice issues. It's a noble cause. There's billions of podcasts out there. It's Mine's not one of them. I don't talk about like political issues. I don't talk about the news. There's plenty of those podcasts out there because I want people to listen to my show and go, okay, Mark is pretty much consistent. And then they run into this one podcasting. Then don't listen to it. I'm, I am under no illusion that people listen to every one of my shows. They look at the title and they go, oh, I'm interested in podcasting. If you're interested in podcasting, you're probably listening to the show. But if you're like, I don't care about podcasting. I listen to podcasts. I never want to be in a podcast. You probably skip this episode. That's the beauty of podcasting. You can literally, it's like going to a buffet. Now, if you're listening to a show like Serial or something like that, where it's telling the story, you kind of can't miss an episode because you're going to get lost. But for most of us who do one-offs, this is the one-off episode, I'm just trying to provide value for the listener. Yeah, and I think you you hit the nail on the head, right? They they have a choice. This is on-demand audio. It's just like Netflix. And you read a, a title, you see some artwork, and you're going to see a summary. You have all three of those are data inputs. And so as a podcaster or as a listener, you have a choice on who you listen to, and you have a choice on how you present the episode that you just created, right? And so I think titles are super important. You want something that's going to immediately grab people, but then you also want show notes that are descriptive because you want to deliver on what was promised. And so if your show description doesn't do a good job of explaining what your show is, if your podcast doesn't do a good job of explaining what your show is all about, you're going to lose potential listeners because they won't listen to that episode. They're going to say, it's not for me. So do the, do the good job of creating interest in that specific episode and telling people, if you listen to this, the reward is you're going to get this. I put so much emphasis on the title because I know the title is everything because before they get to the show notes, they're going to look at that title. And if the title doesn't grab them, they're not going to say, well, the title doesn't interest me. Let me read the show notes. They're not going to go any further. And I remember I didn't make a mistake in the first year. I used to say a conversation with Jane Doe, a conversation with John Doe. Now that would work. If it was a conversation with Oprah <laughs> or a conversation with Elon Musk. That would work. But for no offense to you, Billy or me. Okay. No, I know. I, I have to put this in the title. It's going to have something to do with podcasting because it's got to say what it does. Because I know if that doesn't hook them, nothing else matters. The audio doesn't matter. The show notes don't matter. If the title doesn't grab them, I'm one thing. I, the only way I promote my episodes now, I do 
and you'll get this in the email when I send out. I do do the Facebook and I do the Twitter and all that stuff, but everybody likes the 60 second video. It's a picture of you, picture of me, the, the the audio. And so I put that everywhere. I put that on Snapchat, TikTok, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, put it everywhere because now people can actually sample up to a minute and go, wow, that's pretty cool. And if, if I get it right, it's right before you say something profound and you go, and I cut it off. Oh, now you have to listen to the whole episode. Uh, that's some kind, some kind hard to do, but you got to hook people in because there's so many things people can listen to. They can listen to social media or clubhouse or watch Netflix or play a video game. And so you really got to deliver the goods, but it all starts with the title. So I really hope that when we're done here, you can help me come up with a really good title because <laughs> you're in the podcasting world. So I'm going to put you on the hook on there, Billy. There you go. Well, everybody loves a taste test, right? You go get some ice cream. I mean, you, you want to test it, little have a little taste to see if you like that flavor of ice cream. It's no different here, right? And also the title of what that ice cream is, like it's got to be something that's appealing, that's going to make you feel attracted to that specific episode. So, and, and I'm with you, man. I mean, you, you've, you've really boiled down how to promote your show and what works for you. I also love the whole idea of the news, right? If you're listening to the news and coming up at six o'clock, this is what's happening, right? So then you do that. It's the same effect when I say something and you create a clip, but there's a, a bit of a cliffhanger that's going to get them. Oh, I wanted to learn more. I want to know based on the title, what that show is all about. You know, when you mentioned ice cream, the thought that went through my head, you know, we call it chocolate ultra deluxe. We don't call it brown because who <laughs> wants to eat brown ice cream or I want the white vanilla. I want the white ice cream or the pink ice cream. There's a reason why they say extreme strawberry deluxe because that it pulls on wow extreme strawberry deluxe i want to try that but if it's just called pink you're like eh, who cares so it's all about the wrapping so before i ask you where people can find out more about you and what you're doing in the world is there anything left in your heart that you want to share with the listener today yeah i think the thing that i think about a lot is if i'm a new podcaster starting out and i want to get good at podcasting the, the first thing you got to remember is that Part of being a great podcaster is remembering that it's not just about the show. It's also about how you get the show out there because everybody wants to podcast. Everybody that podcasts, you know, they, they want the creative part. They want to do the show. They want to create it, but they probably don't want to have a show that no one listens to. The stark reality is it's hard finding listeners, especially if you spend all your time on the show and no time on the marketing and the promotion. So I use the 80-20 rule. And I think most people, they focus 80% of their time on the creation and 20% on the marketing. I would inverse that. Maybe not right away. Maybe in the beginning, you figure out the creative flow and you work on it and you 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 accept the fact that you're not going to have a lot of listeners to start if that's the approach you want to take. And I know some people, they want to hit the ground running and have as many listeners as possible. If that's the case, then bank as many episodes as you can and then have a strong marketing strategy that includes organic traffic, maybe some paid traffic, and a really, really strong foundation of marketing-based principles like SEO and web development and things that are going to get people coming to you. Because I'll tell you what, it doesn't feel good when, and I believe me, I've had it happen. When I first started my show, I did not promote it in the way in which I needed to. And I finally started to figure out ways to promote it. And it started to see the, 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 the show take off. But again, most people are spending too much time on the creation and not enough time on the marketing. If you switch those up, 
and you spend more time and more strategic thinking about how you're going to market and promote your show, you're going to see a much greater return, especially as it relates to your listeners. And if you build it, they may not come. So just (laughs) think about that. And I'll tell you when I, I I don't emphasize downloads because I don't have advertisers and I'm not Joe Rogan, but I am amazed at the number of downloads I get that people listen to my show over four years, four and a half years. I've been doing the show. I am still amazed that strangers I have never met listen to my show. I think that's the coolest thing. I know some people go, Mark, you're a dork, you're a nerd. I am so thankful of every listener of my show. I just, I'm just weird like that. I am just amazed that people listen to my show. It's, do you feel the same way? When you look at the places in the world where people are listening and there's a hundred different countries, a hundred different, I mean, and some are more or 120, whatever you're at, you're probably like at 200. I mean, it's exciting to think that there's somebody in this small, obscure part of the world who for some reason found my show and is listening. Yeah, you got to pinch yourself and that's pretty amazing because what you think about is you're talking to one person uh-huh. or even if you're thinking about you know saying you and that you is to that one mm-hmm. sort of listener avatar, the, the reality is, imagine, I mean, even if you only had 100 downloads, that's still speaking to 100 people. Uh-huh. If you were in a room in front of 100 people, You'd be, most people would be nervous, beads of sweat coming down their head. And every time you do a podcast, you have a chance to reach that many people. You know what? You know what? My second most downloads, what country, my, my, what country I get the second most downloads from? Uh, Netherlands. India. India. Okay. There you and go. I, I think the reason why there's an app called Ghana that oh, I yes. submitted my RSS feed didn't know what it was, and I I get the subscription every uh, every weekday. It's called Pod News, and they have this thing every yep. once in a while. Here's everywhere you should submit your RSS feed because you know I'm, everybody's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever the case may be. And all of a sudden, I submitted it, and like within a couple months, I started getting downloads. And so it goes USA, India, Canada. I'm like, wow. I mean, I'm getting a lot of downloads in India. So if That's you're amazing. listening to this India, please go to my website and say hello. Because I am like fascinated that, like you just said, Billy, that people in India are listening to Mark Stuchowski from Houston, Texas. That just blows my <laughs> mind. Uh, so where can we go to find out more about you and what you're doing in the world, sir? Well, first of all, thank you so much. It's been an amazing conversation. And what a joy to to listen to a podcast host in his element who's not only refined your craft to the point that you have, but has really embraced it in the way that you have. It's always so it, it, you you put wind in my sails, Mark. That that I I always feel better when I walk away from a podcast interview like this. So thank you. If anybody wants to find me, I would say first go find me on LinkedIn. Just type in Billy Samoa, like the island, and you'll find me there. Uh, my website is Podify.com. If you're a podcaster and you need any help, whether that's producing your show, editing your show, doing some of the social media and promotion for your show, paid advertising, you name it, we do it all. Set up a strategy call with me. We'll learn more about what you're hoping to do and see if we could find a good service plan that would work for you and, and your needs. Um, aside from that, just find me anywhere online. I'm on all the other socials and I look forward to getting to know each and every single one of you. So thanks for the opportunity. Well, I want to thank you. I love talking shop. So I want to thank you for allowing me to enter the world with a fellow podcaster and really get into the nitty gritty. I think we gave a lot of information on the show. So I really appreciate your time. And I thank you again for sharing everything you did with us today. 
Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your time and attention for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski podcast. Hey, are you a Mark Stucheski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter where I will send you value multiple times a week. And I promise you, every time I send an email out to my insiders, it always has value. So if you want to sign up, absolutely free. Just head on over to mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com.